G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Over the last few weeks on the program, we've been talking about setting boundaries in your life. And not all boundaries are good boundaries. We have to set the right ones in the right places with the right controls in order for them to be effective. So what about generosity? What, if any, boundaries should you set around your generosity? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at the boundaries you set in your life from a different perspective. And do stick with me, because very soon I'll be telling you about our special edition book. It's called Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and for All, and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you do just that, eliminate the stubborn sin that may be plaguing your life. So let me ask you to think right now of the generous people in your life, the ones who really stand out for their generosity towards you and towards other people. Got them? Picturing their faces? Good. So now let me ask you, what response do they evoke in you? What thoughts, what emotions, what feelings? These people who've been generous with their time, with their encouragement, with their resources and with their wisdom. What do you feel when you think of them? I'd be very surprised if you don't have warm feelings inside you right now as you think of those people. It's natural, isn't it? When someone's generous towards you, you just want to respond with warmth and gratitude, and chances are that you'd probably be prepared to crawl over broken glass for those people in return. The Bible, not surprisingly, has an enormous amount to say about generosity, although it doesn't always use precisely that word. More often than not, it simply talks about generosity in action. Have a listen to just a few of those instances. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And First John chapter 3, verse 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love actually abide in you? And that's just a smattering of the references about generosity, each one encouraging us to be generous with what we have. Turns out that no matter how little we perceive that we may have, we actually have a lot more than we may think, a lot more than a lot of other people have. And when we give those things away generously, more often than not, they cost us very little. And yet the act of giving is such an incredible blessing, not just to the recipient, but to the one who gives. I've always been intrigued by this particular proverb, Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. One gives freely, yet grows richer. Another withholds what he should give, and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. 
There's a powerful spiritual principle in that proverb that repeats itself in this world and in the universe over and over again. And the reason that blessing follows the giver is quite simply that God is a generous God and he's so delighted when he sees his children being generous like him. You may have heard me say this before, but the very last thing that God did before he rested on the seventh day following creation was not to create Adam and Eve. No, that wasn't his last act. There was something after that. He did something else before he rested. Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 27. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he'd made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. Do you see? The very last thing that God did before he rested was to give all of creation, all that he'd made to Adam and Eve, to you and me. That would have to be the single most generous act in all of history. Well, maybe the second most generous act in all of history because there came the time when God gave us something even more precious than all of creation. He gave us Jesus. Okay, so we've established in a sense the blindingly, glimpsingly obvious that God is generous and he wants us to be generous and he blesses in one way or another our generosity. No surprises in that really, are there? I mean, really. I'm not surprised, and I doubt you're surprised either. But the reality is that you and I can't solve all the world's problems either. If you and I gave away everything that we had, every possession, all of our money, the truth is it wouldn't make anything but the tiniest of dents in the world's hunger problem. It wouldn't stop wars and exploitation and terrorism and slavery. So surely there have to be some boundaries on our generosity. I mean, in a practical sense, of course, there have to be. I've struggled with that a lot. As an Australian, I'm blessed to be born in a safe and relatively affluent society by any global standard that you'd like to name. Although, even close to home, we're surrounded by much need. Where do you draw the line? Sadly, the more affluent people become, all too often, the more tightly they draw this boundary. I don't know about where you live, but where I live, people on average spend twice as much buying pet food as they do on giving to the poor and needy. That's scary. So let me niggle away here at you. Where do you draw the line around your generosity? Thinking, thinking, thinking. Well, look, why are you thinking? Have a listen to Jesus' take on this. Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 41. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, don't resist an evildoer. In fact, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat... Give them your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also a second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. What Jesus is advocating here is actually radical generosity. Being generous to your enemies. What he's saying here is draw your boundaries of generosity loosely. Be prepared to give when you see a need. I think all too often our default position, our first position is no. When in fact, Jesus' default position is always yes. Remember when I was starting out in ministry, 
and it was hard, and I didn't have any contacts. And I approached someone who'd been around in this media sector for a long time, who was well-connected and, and who could have given me a hand. But when I asked him for some advice or, or for guidance or to open up his network to me, his starting position was always no. So now, a good many years on, as I meet people whom I can help, I try to have a default position of yes. Look, I can't help everyone. So many people write in and ask me to promote their books, and I just can't do everything. But as I meet people and get to know them and see that God is working in them, I give wherever I can, of my time, of my experience, of my contacts, whatever I can. Why? Because it's awesome fun to help people. That's the biggest revelation. I'm sure you probably always knew that, but that's something I had to learn. And whenever I give, I know it pleases God, and blessings flow in all sorts of different ways. Should we give in order to be blessed? No. But God's blessing is a natural outworking of our generosity. Proverbs 11, 24, 25, One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. If I were looking to set boundaries around my generosity, then that's the scripture I'd go to, to look for guidance. world that we live in these days. A world where good and godly boundaries are being eroded. A world where the temptation is simply to go with the flow, to give up on overcoming the sin in our lives. But that, that has terrible consequences. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our special edition book, Eliminating Stubborn Sin, once and for all. Because come on, God's word is alive and active, amen? So may he do a mighty work in you through this book. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.